2: This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Zach Blackerby here with you, and Michael Pappas of ESPN 1067, hanging out in studio today. Michael Pappas of ESPN 1067, how are you? I'm doing
1: great, doing great, excited to be here.
2: You're always excited, I love that. Yeah, I why would that. I not
1: be? It's a Locked On Auburn podcast.
2: Heck yeah, man. All right, but it's not on SoundCloud anymore, and there's some people upset about that. I get tweeted at every day about it. Yeah, I just... Survive in advance. you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, well.
1: All right, so AL... There, yes? there are other ways to listen. I mean, I assume if you're listening on SoundCloud, you, uh, you're listening on your computer, and there are other ways that you can get the podcast on your computer. That's the
2: thing, is I asked that, and... He said that he listens on his phone on the SoundCloud app. I'm like, dude, there are so many better apps for
1: podcasts
2: than SoundCloud.
1: Well, there are so many other apps. It's cr- Besides, I mean, there are so many other places you can listen to it. So, Yeah, I mean, it's available wherever you get your podcast. Except SoundCloud.
2: Except for SoundCloud because, because most people don't get their podcasts on the SoundCloud app. But uh, but I guess that's technically not true. All right, so AL.com put out their uh, the projected Auburn depth chart as Auburn classes started yesterday and fall camp is now behind us as Auburn is getting ready for just kind of the weekend week out routine. Cause it's crazy. We have, we have football games this Saturday, which is going to be exciting, but there is uh there's media availability this afternoon at six 15. There's a chance that the announcement comes. Then we'll see. This will be after their first practice following fall camp. So there's a, there's a chance we get a quarterback thing, but I, I just want to go through the depth chart. And AL.com put one out, the projected one, and we can kind of give our thoughts if we agree, disagree, and just kind of talk about each position because, I mean, it's, it's been a main storyline really all offseason long, just how great the depth chart is. So I'll start with the quarterback just because I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it, just in case uh, if there is an announcement um, c- between now and um the next podcast, I guess, or now, who, whenever somebody is listening, but not on SoundCloud. They're not listening on SoundCloud. But quarterback, uh, Bo Nix, obviously a freshman. Joey Gatewood, a redshirt freshman. And Cord Sandberg, a redshirt freshman. Looking at the running back depth chart, Booby Whitlow, redshirt sophomore. AL.com
1: has Cam Martin, the senior, okay, as the number t- Really quick. I'm sorry. Stop it on the quarterbacks. Okay. If Bo gets named here and, and you know, Joey decides to make a move, which I don't think... A ton of people would fault him for. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's a pretty thin depth chart there with just just Bo Nix, Cord Sandberg, and the walk-on whose name I don't remember. You're right.
2: I, I mean I that's... agree with you. I agree with you. We'll talk about that after it gets named, though. I don't want to spend a lot of time on quarterbacks on this one. But uh, looking at running back, I agree with you though. It's a great point. Booby Whitlow is the starter. Cam Martin is the number two guy. Then Sean Shivers, the sophomore. Harold Joiner, the redshirt freshman. Malik Miller, the redshirt junior, which I forget all the time that he's still on yep. the team. And then DJ Williams, freshman, and he was limited due to due to some injuries. But I think Sean Shivers should be the number two guy, but he may not be the number two guy on the depth chart because Gus likes older running backs.
1: Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that at all. Gus tends to like older guys, period. Um, he seems to really love Cam Martin, I guess, for sticking around the program and Cam Martin has been loyal to uh to the Auburn Tigers and I guess Gus is trying to be loyal to him but Cam Martin was listed as the number 1 running back all season last season on the depth chart deserving or not so i think that's probably what we're going to be told going into that first game against Oregon mm-hmm. uh hopefully Sean Chivers will get more touches than Cam Martin I think i think it's pretty clear to me at least that shivers is a better running back so maybe i'm missing something but i don't think you are i, I think it's a loyalty thing then that's kind of why i expect cam martin
2: to still be relevant in this offense and w- we didn't mention mark anthony richards and he underwent surgery on his right leg so things kind of up in the air for that i expect a redshirt year for mark anthony richards which i think long term is better for auburn mm-hmm. looking at h back slash tight end
1: there's what about dj l- williams you think he'll redshirt also
2: no, I don't think he will. Really? I think he should. I think he's better for the program, but I think he's going to make them play him. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I think he's going to be too good to not give a few carries a game. That's just that's just speculation, but... Maybe he'll get
1: four. Four games.
2: Yeah, maybe they'll be strategic on which four, and uh-huh. maybe they can stagger that with Mark Anthony Richards later in the year. We'll see. Looking at H-back tight end, J.J. Wilson, the senior, of the grad transfer, he's really kind of emerged later in camp as this guy that the coaches are really, really high on. And, you know, you, you, grad transfer H-back, it's like, okay, could it be more boring than that? Maybe yeah. like a left guard? <laughs> but but it seems like they really
1: want to use him. I completely agree. And all reports from, from teammates that we're hearing about him is that he's been lighting it up in camp, that he, he doesn't drop the ball and mm-hmm. he, you know, has picked up on the offense really well. And, I mean, just from a development standpoint, if he's in there for – for Fromm and for Deal to kind of work with and learn how to go about being a Division One tight end H-back. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's great for them. And so I, I hope he does get snaps. I hope he, he's able to earn them, and I, and I hope they use him similar to how they used CJ.
2: Yeah, and I think you're going to see him more... As an H-back, I think you can do some things with them with motion and mm-hmm. you know forcing defenses to to focus on covering guys out of the backfield if they're gonna use them that way. I also think he's gonna be a force physically, yep. as far as paving ways for Booby Whitlow and Shivers and Cam Martin, guys like that. John Samuel Shanker is the number two at this position according to AL.com, redshirt sophomore, which I think is going to probably lead these guys in receiving yards, if I had to if I had to guess with all with all this uh, the guys in this position. Spencer Nye, the senior who received a walk on scholarship yesterday, then Tyler Fromm, the freshman, and then Luke Deal, the other freshman who is recovering from ACL surgery that he had back in December. So, other than JJ Wilson, do you have any other thoughts on this group? Uh, I, I like John Samuel Shanker.
1: Yeah, I, I know you do. For, for me, I kind of feel like Auburn brought in two receiving tight ends. And. A receiving tight end is basically just a, a really tall, wide receiver in, in college who might not be fast enough to be a receiver at the pro level. So I would look for from and deal to both bulk up in uh, this season, this offseason. Both take red shirts this year, both bulk up this offseason, this next season, and then, you know, be be able to play next year. Fantasy football players, make sure you listen to Vinny
2: Lyon, the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast. Vinny gives you the edge with over 20 years of covering fantasy football. Get the edge from Vinny that will put you ahead on draft day and put you ahead all season long. Locked on Fantasy Football is available wherever you get your podcasts.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at Kubota orange your family, your land and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's Kubota orange days.com. All
2: right. So looking ahead to the rest of the, uh, the depth chart, looking at split end, Anthony Schwartz, the, the clear cut starter here, obviously went under underwent surgery on his left hand. So it's kind of doubtful. It, they're saying questionable. In my mind, it seems doubtful. That was a squeaky chair. Yeah, no, that, was weird. that was crazy. I'm
1: really sorry about that. Oh, no,
2: don't apologize. Don't apologize for the chair. But I don't think he's going to play against Oregon. He might. They may force him back. But it's just I, I kind of hope they don't. Then looking behind him, Marquise McLean, the Shirt junior, Zach Farrar the junior, and then Shedrick Jackson, the true sophomore which is a guy that we have heard really nothing about, mm-hmm. despite having kind of an exciting recruitment with you know his uncle being Bo Jackson. But I'm not as high on McLean's upside as I am Zach Ferrars. So if I was stacking this depth chart right now, based on what I've seen and what I've heard, I'm putting Zach Ferrars as the guy behind
1: Schwartz. Uh, again, the Gus likes the older guys. I mean, I know that technically... McLean might not be uh, academically older, but he's been in the offense longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Ferrar's having trouble picking up the offense. I mean that that's the only I, mean, I have to imagine they brought Ferrar into play. so that's so I, my thing. Yeah. I,
2: I don't think Ferrar makes this move unless he thinks and has been told something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Looking at uh, the other receiver positions up uh, flanker, Eli Stove at one. Anthony Schwartz is number two there, and then Matthew Hill. And then Deshaun Sheffield, the freshman, there. Once again, Eli Stove. It doesn't seem like his injury is that big of a deal. Mm Tweaked his knee after, of course, tearing his ACL last year. Two years ago. You're right. And then at slot, Will Hastings, the redshirt senior. Matthew Hill, the redshirt freshman. And Javarius Johnson, the true freshman, which, once again, an exciting guy at the high school Mm -hmm. level. You hadn't heard a whole lot of him, you know, despite... Talking about a lot of the receivers this offseason. Uh,
1: he's in a tough spot though. He kind of Yeah. He kind of I feel like was brought in to replace Eli Stove and Will Hastings when, when they move on. So I don't think a ton of people anticipated him coming in and contributing as a freshman with those guys presumably being staples of the depth chart mm-hmm. above him already. I agree with you. I
2: agree with you. And he may not have known about Matthew Hill, but surely he was aware of his upside. You know yeah. what I mean?
1: And Matthew Hill's been on, what, two or three of these positions already. Uh, I anticipate he's on the fourth one as well. I mean, he seems like a very versatile guy who's definitely going to be uh, at least a decent part of the offense this season.
2: Yeah, yeah, and he's technically not, but I think you could. The next one's big slot receiver, but okay. I, I mean, I, I could still see him being used... In that role, Seth Williams is the number 1 guy there. Then Sal Canella, the converted tight end. And then Marquise McLean, the redshirt junior that we already mentioned. The guy that he looks the part. It just hadn't really clicked quite yet for him. But obviously, Seth Williams is the guy here. And he's going to
1: be very, very good this year. So for those of us that have trouble with the w- names of the wide receiver positions, can you kind of tell us where these guys are, the roles these guys are being slotted in, yeah. based on yeah. Based I mean, on I guess last year your
2: split in guy was Darius Slayton. How are you going to replace him? So you got a big guy like Zach Ferrar, Anthony Schwartz, kind of the expected starter, just because of his speed. If he wants to play outside and stretch the defense, he's going to be able to do that. And then at the flanker, that's your that's your motion guy. You know, Eli Stoves played that already. Ryan Davis was really good at it, and so a lot of that is going to. Guys that are shifty and can move, but you're going to use scheme to kind of get those guys open. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, slot your inside guys. And there's two ways that Auburn goes about that. Two ways a lot of teams go about that is your quicker guys like your Will Hastings, Matthew Hill, Javaris Johnson. And then your big slot, which is kind of the way Auburn used Duke Johnson. I think he was the, the best version that Auburn's had of that uh, since malzon has been here.
1: And he, they're more of like your over-the-middle kind of guys, right?
2: Right. I mean, look at the guys. Listen, Seth Williams, Sal Canella, Marquise McClain. Three mm-hmm. really big guys, three really tall guys, three long, physical guys. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that is a great situation for Auburn. I mean, that's probably my favorite group right there. If you had to pick any of the positions, I, it's like, I like the big slot receivers. Yeah.
1: Look, and yeah. I mean, that, that, that position group is just loaded with talent. I mean, Matthew right. Hill... Matthew Hill's a guy that we anticipated coming in and making an impact as a true freshman. He ends up redshirting in favor of two other true freshmen. Yeah. And we think he's going to be a, a pretty decent size of the offense this year. And he's listed at second and third in the depth t- chart positions. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's massive. Let's just kind
2: of run through the offensive line from left to right. Left tackle, Prince Tega. And then, of course, Bailey Sharp behind him. And then Alec Jackson, the redshirt sophomore. The left guard, Markel Harrell. Then Tayshawn Manning, and then Cam Stutz, the redshirt freshman, who I'm really excited about. At center, Caleb Kim, the redshirt senior, then Nick Brahms, the redshirt sophomore. Right guard, Mike Horton, the redshirt senior, and then Jaleel Irvin and Keandre Jones, Keandre Jones being the freshman, Jaleel Irvin being the redshirt freshman. And then at right tackle, Jack Driscoll, the redshirt senior, followed by Broder- Broderius Hamm, the redshirt sophomore. Austin Troxel out for the year of the ACL. And then Prince Michael Sammons, he's been listed out with an undisclosed injury. So very top-heavy as mm-hmm. far as the, uh, the offensive line goes. So you know, there's some younger guys that you're like, okay, they could be good. But as far as next year, if, if one of these guys goes down, I think Auburn's kind of in a tough situation. So let's look ahead to the defense, and this will be fun. Let's start with Buck. Nick Co, TD Moultrie, Big Cat Bryant, Derek Hall. Derek Hall, a guy that I don't know if he's going to crack the rotation as a true freshman, but I me, mean, I, I believe he was one of the top players out of Mississippi mm-hmm. if I'm re- remembering his recruitment correctly, and that was a big get for Auburn. And I know Rodney Garner was extremely excited when that happened, but I mean, I, I really think the story of this position is not going to be Nick Coe, despite him probably being the starter there. I think it's going to be really defined by what T.D. Moultrie and Big Cat Bryant do. Because I think Nick Coe is going to be moved inside on a lot of the the down and distance, you know, the third and 10, where you need your buck pass rusher to step up. I think Nick Coe is not going to be playing there. So I really think it's going to be told, the story is going to be told by T.D. Moultrie and Big Cat.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, having Nick Coe be able to move inside and pass rush against a guard who typically aren't as good at pass protecting as your tackles, is going to be a huge advantage for Auburn, mm-hmm. especially because he'll get a lot of one-on-one matchups where he's not going to be able to get chipped by a tight end or a running back because he's inside. And Derek Brown obviously going to, going to attract a double team on most of those plays.
2: Looking at defensive tackle, Derek Brown, the senior, Gary Walker, the senior.
1: Wait, Wait Derek Brown starting a defensive tackle? Are you Stop. shocked? Are you surprised? Uh, wow. Jaws hit the floor today.
2: DeQuan Newkirk out with the Achilles injury, which is a shame. And then mm-hmm. looking at the other defensive tackle position, which I think this one's much more interesting. Tyron Truesdale, I believe, will be the starter. And then Nick Coe will mm-hmm. be the starter on third down. I think that's when he makes the shift in. Connus Miller has been limited due to a shoulder injury. DeQuan Newkirk is out with a, a, an Achilles injury, kind of at both of those tackle spots. And then looking at the, uh, the defensive end, Marlon Davidson, then Big Cat Bryant, Colby Wooden, jaron handy charles moore and caleb johnson and you know the big question is what's all we going to do when they, they lose all these guys mm-hmm. and i mean just listing all these freshmen along with Derek hall i mean that's the answer yeah i mean they're going to be fine as far as rushing the passer goes next year but this year they're just going to kind of get to work those guys in kind of get them in the rotation because they're going to be the main guys in 2020
1: Yeah, and we'll find out real quick what they can do. I mean, we haven't turned our focus to Oregon like the football team has yet, but I mean, that Oregon offensive line on, on, you know, big ESPN, they've been talking about it like it's the, the best offensive line in the country.
2: Yeah. You and I were watching it uh, up in Nashville. Mm-hmm. We had ESPN or something on, and they were doing a special on the Oregon yep. offensive line and kind of going over their past pros and what they see in certain situations. And they're very regarded as a top unit among offensive line in, in the entire country. So, you know, it's like what happens when a, an immovable force, what is it? When an unstoppable force meets, meets an, an immovable, immovable object. object. I got there eventually, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be a yeah. fun battle, no doubt about it.
1: And that's, uh, I anticipate that, uh, you know, everyone's three keys to the game going into that one is going to be winning in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Which is football cliche, but when your best unit's going up against the other team's best unit, I imagine all the players are you know, licking their chops, can't wait to go out there and prove who's better. 100%. And that goes for both teams.
2: 100%. The new Locked On NFL podcast is on fire. Last week, it was one of the most listened to NFL shows with expert analysis from former NFL scout Matt Williamson and hosted by Brian Peacock. Locked On NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the game. Follow Locked On NFL now on your favorite podcast provider.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's of best selection of Kubota tractors, zero turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at kubotaorangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock. Deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's kabotaorangedays.com.
2: And let's look at the linebackers. Owen Papo, the starter at Weekside Linebacker, is listed as him, or Zacoby McLean, Zacoby the Chainsaw McLean, if you will. And then Josh Marsh, the redshirt freshman that can move so well laterally. I'm excited to see how they use him a little more this year. But I mean, we, we've talked about Owen Papo all summer, Zacoby McLean, really courtesy I'm sorry. of.
1: Please say his full name.
2: Um, thank you for calling me out. Thank you so much for holding me accountable. Zacoby the Chainsaw McLean. And really courtesy of Justin Ferguson, who's a you know, friend of the program with ESPN 1067 and The Athletic. But he's, uh, he's a guy that I think a lot of people are excited about. Looking at middle linebacker, KJ Downhill Britt, the junior, and Chandler Wooten, the junior. As well as Michael Harris, the younger guy, and then Cameron Brown, the freshman who was limited with an injury towards the end of camp. I really like Auburn's linebackers. And I think, as far as physically, I mean, obviously Deshaun Davis was a huge loss as far as what he did in the locker room. But I think on the field and physically, as far as athleticism and ability, I think they may be able to do a little bit more. I think Deshaun Davis, his instincts and his, his football IQ was, was top notch, but. I think with the supporting cast behind them and the defensive line in front of them, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of drop off next year. We'll see about the following year, depending on what Downhill Britt does as far as choosing to stay at Auburn or go on. And then, you know, how do they respond when they don't have a loaded defensive front in front of them? And then a strong side linebacker, Chandler Wooten, the junior, Zacoby the Chainsaw McLean, at, at uh, he's a sophomore. And then OC Brothers, another talented freshman. And then, uh, do you want to talk about linebackers do you want me to move on to DBs?
1: Uh, I don't have much to say about the linebackers. I completely agree. I, I don't really anticipate there being a, a much noticeable difference uh, between the linebacking core last year and this season. I, I'll be thrilled if they're better. Wouldn't surprise me that much.
2: The boundary corner, the starter is Noeg Benogany, of course, the junior, which I do not think will be at Auburn ne- the following year due to the NFL draft. Devin Barrett, the junior, which kind of forgot about him and Former running back, right? Right. Nehemiah Pritchett, the freshman, and Travion Leonard, the junior, the corner on the opposite side that will go towards the field, Javaris Davis, Roger McCreary, and Christian Tutt. At nickel, Christian Tutt expected to be the, uh, the starter. Of course, he is a sophomore. Then Jordan Peters, the junior, and then Zion Puckett, the freshman, and then the field safety. Jeremiah Denton, Smoke Monday, Malcolm Askey within the boundary safety, Daniel Thomas, Jamie Insherwood, and Sherwood, and Jalen Simpson. I think this is a strong, strong group. Mm-hmm. I think I think at the end of the year, you're going to look at this defensive backfield and say it's one of, if not the best, in the
1: SEC. Wow. High praise. Uh, I know you love no iguanagny. I-, I don't know if I said that right. You um, nailed it, man. Okay. Uh, the, the most interesting part of what you just read to me is that they switch sides. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, especially in the NFL, you don't see you don't see that guys kind of stick on their one side or stick on their one receiver. It
2: kind of depends on uh, on what kind of defense you run. A lot mm-hmm. of your zone defense like the Legion of Boom. You know, when Richard Sherman yeah. was there, like he he just kind of played one side. But a lot of your your bump and run teams, like Stephon Gilmore, you know, with the Patriots, like he'll follow the best receiver, um, and then some some just kind of play. To, and it sounds to the side, like
1: so. it sounds like. Auburn plays uh based on where the ball is which hash in the field whether it's right. you know whether you're on the close side of the far side
2: which makes sense I mean you want Javaris Davis that your faster guy covering more ground I think that makes sense I mean if you're playing towards the field side especially in college ball because the hashes are wider so if mm-hmm. you're on the left hash and you're looking to the right as an offense there's a lot more grass over there it's so all de- as a defense guy you're you're thinking oh there's more grass to cover so yep. you you want Javaris Davis out there um, as well as guys like Jeremiah Denson.
1: It's interesting, though. They have to be able to flip their hips both ways. Mm-hmm. It's important. Yeah. So
2: when, when you have a guy that is used to playing nickel or playing in the middle mm-hmm. of the field like Javaris, yeah. you could do that because you're if used to If you listen
1: to, it. to this show, you know that Zach really wants Javaris Davis to stay at the nickel.
2: Hey, you said it, not me.
1: I was no, about to. I didn't, I
2: didn't have to. <laughs> I didn't have to say it today. And then special teams, uh, of course, at kicker, Anders, the bookstore, Carlson, followed by Sage Ledbetter, the local stud. And then at punter, Aaron Sipos from down under. And then Patrick, Mark Walter, the freshman walk-on. At long snapper, Bill Taylor, followed by Clark Smith. At holder, Sage Ledbetter, then Aaron Sipos. And then at kick returner, Noeg Benogany and Booby Whitlow. Of course, Anthony Schwartz is uh, is sidelined at the moment. And then Sean Shivers is also going to be back there. Then at punt returner, it's still an open battle. That starter has not been named, but it's either going to be Christian Tutt, Matthew Hill, or Javaris Davis. Do you have anything to add on special teams?
1: I feel like your returners should be the fastest guys on your team. I know there's more to returning than that, but... For, for kickoff, I, I agree with you. Because, I mean, any of those guys are going to be
2: able to see the field well. Mm-hmm. Punt returning... And, you know, I, I've talked with Ryan Davis about it. I've talked with uh, with Marcus Davis uh, about it. He used to come on the show a fair amount. And both of those guys obviously return punts. And just all the stuff that's going through their mind when the ball is in the air, it's so much more than I thought it was. I mean, it is fascinating how much they have to process. So you want a guy that is okay to get killed as soon as he catches the football because he's not looking at the field and... Obviously, the the mental gymnastics of everything that's going on too, as far as counting, as far as realizing where guys are pre snap. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's that is the job that I think that is the worst job in football. Is being a um, punt returner.
1: I mean, being a, a very good. There's a reason that those guys manage to stick around the NFL, even if they're only good at returning punts. It's true. It's crazy
2: with you know how valuable and, roster spots are in the league with, you know, only being able to have 45 active guys mm-hmm. on game day. They're okay with just one guy returning punts. And that's it. it that's a good point.
1: Yeah. And um, there's also a reason that uh, a lot of these top-notch wide receivers that we see that are good at returning punts stop doing it after a season or two. Yeah. Antonio Brown used to return punts. Right. OBJ used to return punts. Mm-hmm. OBJ, he was great at it in college. Sean
2: Jackson did it mm-hmm. early in his career. Yeah, it's like, ah, let's fresh uh, let the freshman yeah. do it, let the rookie do it. So but it's so important because if you drop it, it's like you could like that could legit lose you the game. Oh, absolutely. You know? It
1: lost uh, lost the 49ers, the NFC championship game one year. You're
2: right. You're absolutely right. So where can people find you and hear you, bud?
1: Uh they can hear me on after the game, coming up starting what in about ten days, I guess, eleven days. That's crazy. And uh follow me on Twitter at couchpadato. Shout out Colonel Steve. The gloat. The gloat. You can follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby. Follow the show on Twitter
2: at Locked On Auburn. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn Podcast.
0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here.